Hi there, listeners. Welcome to the 963 Universal Frequency. I'm your host, Esther Clare, spreading awareness with an open heart, an open mind, living life and being free. The paranormal, spirits, ghosts, crossing over to the other side, what happens to us after we die? These are the questions I will be asking my guest today. Her name is Isabel Maxwell, and I had a lot of fun just sharing my experiences with her. I hope that there's some people out there that have experienced something similar, or maybe if, even if you've experienced something a little more than what I have, or just different in general, I would love to hear from you. I'm so intrigued by the unknown people that experience mysterious events with no scientific explanation to them. So shout out to me, contact me if you like. I'd love to hear from you. And if you want to share your story, I'm happy to, to help you do that. So you can always reach me on the 963 Universal Frequency at hotmail.com. The email is in the podcast description. And yeah, I hope that maybe that this helps some people as well. If they have been experiencing something similar, they can relate to it. And, you know, there's some great advice that Isabeau shares. And you can also go to her website and find out more information. And we are going to be talking about some things that are going to be a little scary for some people. Uh, I personally think, so I'm just going to give you a heads up. You know, it is Halloween today, so... This is kind of, in a way, a, a really good conversation to be sharing with everybody on the, the 31st of October. Not that here in Australia we celebrate Halloween as much as what other countries might. I often do feel like I'm Alice in Wonderland. I've, I've travelled down that rabbit hole. And, and once you go down that rabbit hole, you can never go back to what you knew before. You, you become forever changed by these new experiences. So these new information experiences will change you at your very core. And you become enlightened or you feel that you have a sacred connection. And this results to physical and spiritual emotional changes. With all of these experiences that you end up having, if you do go down this road, you no longer fathom wasting time on greed or you know, those materialistic or ego-based principles. The question of why comes to the, the forefront of almost every experience that you're searching for. You're trying to find meaning to it and validity for your soul's experiences here on this earth. So for me, I feel as though I'm seeing through the industrial machine of society. Right now, I'm trying to seek spiritual freedom and not be confined by restrictive interactions and outdated ideas. So it's, it's just so important for me to understand the connection between my physical body and spiritual self. So this is a, a deep connection that my soul is expanding its awareness on and into seeing a broader and bigger picture on life. And it really makes me ponder our DNA and how it's evolved over thousands of years and it just continues to do so. Our genetic lineage or you know, our origin are often brought into question and it's, it's hard to refute the possibility of life on other planets far beyond our own star system and galaxy given the science and astrological evidence we already understand historically about universal astronauts. 
So life beyond our beautiful planet, beyond our earthly incarnations, is forever written among time and space and is available to us within the records of the Akashic Temple. If you are somebody that is at this stage of you know, you, you're tuning into the five senses. You know, that's all, all people, by the way, are gifted in intuition. Some people are just a little more opened than others, or they experience these senses without the spiritual or religious connotation to it. So I'm now going to play our conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Happy Halloween to those that believe. Joining me today is Isabel Maxwell, a psychic medium and one of the leading spiritual coaches for intuition development for this time. And we are going to be learning all about Isabel's award-winning intuitive development course, The Sage Method. So I'm extremely excited to be connecting with you today. So thank you very much. I'm extremely grateful. Now, uh, you also have quite a fan base in the community. I believe it's called The Sage Circle. And you're also an author of Crack Open Adventures of a Reluctant Medium. So you weren't always a believer in the field of intuition. Can you tell me and the listeners how you found your path on, on, this, on this amazing road to uh, being a psychic medium? Thanks for having me, first off. I, I love hanging out because I do. We've got um, Sage Circle members all over the globe, and a lot of them are in Australia. So I'm really excited to, like, yeah. <laughs> have that reach uh, from one side of the globe to the other. But how I opened up was, um, well, it's, it's unique for all of us, right? We all have our own unique way on opening up intuitively when, when that time comes. But for me, I was, uh, I was a mathematician in college. I, you know, ran businesses. I was um, a skeptic, really. I uh, probably wouldn't go so far as to say atheist. I think I just didn't care. I didn't have religion or spirituality in my life at all. And I was raised to believe that psychics are frauds and none of that's real. Mm-hmm. So I'm 32 and my grandmother, this was years ago, my grandmother passed away and she was halfway across the country. So I wasn't by her side when she passed. And it was the middle of the day. My husband and kids said, we'll go, you know, to the grocery store and get you some wine and chocolate. And I was like, okay, it's a good, good, good plan. (laughs) And um, I was alone in our apartment and my grandmother showed up in spirit form, like 10, 12 feet in front of me. And uh, honestly frightened me, absolutely frightened me because I, only references I had were like ghost stories or, you know, scary movies, things like this. And I remember being really um, shook because she was like 70% solid. I mean, just, it wasn't a maybe that happened, or I kind of thought I might've seen her. It was an instant. She was standing there a couple seconds later, she was gone. And, you know, I, I, I dove into trying to figure out if it was real or not, because honestly, I was grieving, missing her. And it took a few months to really, you know, find my way and connect to it and step into my faith. But that's really how I opened up. And you can tell the difference, right? You can decipher between the imagination, there being an obscure figure, for example, a shadow that was projected from the headlights of a car at night, 
and your intuition. So intuition and a figment of our imagination. Yeah, it, it, the imagination versus intuition is huge. It's it's probably one of the biggest hurdles every person goes through when it comes to opening up their intuition. And I will say that even though I saw her that solid in form, I've only seen that kind of spiritual projection like that less than a handful of times in the last, you know, however many, 17 years here. So um, is that 17? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> but um, right after that, and I look back on that and, and when I ask myself, why did she come through so clearly? I think that's what it took for me to pay attention and actually entertain the idea that it could be real. Uh, right after, however, I went through what everyone goes through opening up which was uh, a long, long time of trying to learn the difference between my imagination and my intuition. Cause right after I, I didn't just keep seeing, I didn't just keep like, you know, hearing things. It wasn't that it just opened one day and I was good. I actually had to work through the process of going from, you know, not using my intuition to being able to use my intuition. I will say for me, it took a good year or so to really distinguish the difference between imagination and intuition today it's clear. I can feel, I actually can feel completely if it's one way or the other, but early on, it, it took a lot for me to figure that out. So what are some ways that someone can determine or distinguish intuition from imagination? My biggest suggestion is to approach imagination and intuition as a push and a pull. When we are pushing, meaning we're thinking about something or we're trying to picture something or we're creating something, the feel is like a push forward. Whereas if it's intuition coming, it's a pull, right? And I tell people to, you can, I have a whole meditation series that helps with this, but anyone can do a very simple five minute meditation. Just get into a comfortable position you know, close your eyes, picture, picture a field, use your imagination to create a field or a beach or, or a lovely location. Use your imagination to use as many senses as you can feel the sand, feel the grass, smell a flower, use your imagination. And then once you feel like you've set that scene, then just take a deep breath and ask your intuition, okay, is there anything you want me to know? And then hold still. When we do that five minute process, you start to feel what it feels like to use your imagination. And, and it's ironic because we use it all the time, but I don't think many of us have ever sat down to use it, to feel what it feels like when we use it. And when you do that, and then an intuitive moment comes in, you start to feel that difference. I've been looking forward to further discover this topic. In my past episodes, I do explore creativity, imagination, reality, in specific, the dream state. And since I was a kid, I vividly remember my dreams. My dream time is extremely adventurous. It's picturesque and distinct to the point where I can smell, touch and feel. Not every time, but often. Often when I dream, I, I feel these experiences. I've always thought that I've had a creative mind. It's only ever really in the dream world. 
So I've, I felt as though I'm astral projecting, seeing myself outside of myself. Also, I, I feel as if I'm, I'm being visited. So these visitations are, are more so recently. So recently they've been occurring. I think since I've been researching more of the, the science aspect and the research behind dreams, so it's definitely expanded my mind a lot more. And it's definitely stronger again than what it once was. So there was a time where I didn't dream much at all. But not so long ago, I woke up at night and there were people in my room and I screamed and they looked at me and they screamed back and and disappeared. So what are your thoughts on this? (laughs) Am I picking up another dimension or am I completely creating it in my head or am I cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? I, I don't, I don't feel crazy. I know the difference between reality and dreams. Like I know that I'm dreaming. I know that I'm astral projecting. So what's happening, Isabel? What's, what's going on with me? Do you think? <laughs> I would say uh, dream state is so fun, isn't it? It's, it is fun. <laughs> so it's so creative and to have very, very, uh, realistic dreams is a sign that you are really interacting on a soul level. One thing about seeing things or hearing things or getting messages upon waking is that your left brain isn't in the way yet. You haven't woken up enough to really start to, you know, use that left brain. I explain to people, we've got right brain, we have left brain, right brain is that creative flow that you're, you're so good at using, right? But the right brain is where your intuition flows through. It's why it is hard to determine between imagination and intuitions, because they both go through that same sort of channel. The left brain is our logical side that wants to pick something apart. And the analogy I use is if the right brain is the mail carrier delivering intuitive messages, the left brain is a dog trying to bite the mail carrier. That's how, that's the struggle that we all go through. And your left brain is quiet when you're waking up. You have to be up and awake and functioning to start analyzing what's going on. So because of that, I would say there's most likely individuals uh, in your room and I would love to give you like a tip on, on how to yes. set that up and be able to kind of create the space of you seeing them when you want to see them type mm, thing. Yeah. If you don't mind. No, <laughs> no. Please do. Waking up with someone in the room, just that doesn't make me it's, feel comfortable. Let alone you going through it. I had two people that were just talking and I woke up and they're still talking to one another as if they're at a bar or having drinks. And I, I just looked at them and I went, ah, and they looked at me and they went, ah, <laughs> and I just thought, is that, did that just happen? Just that. So anyway, yes, I'd love tips. I'm sure this happens to other people out there. I hope it does. <laughs> it does. Okay, it good. does. And what's, what's really wild is there's so many possibilities of what could be happening for you. This could be individuals who are, you know, uh, here in this lifetime, they passed over, they haven't crossed over yet. Uh, This could be individuals that have crossed over. This could even be individuals in another dimension or another timeline. And there are other dimensions and timelines where people are more aware of what's in between the molecules, like what's in, you know, what they have access to. So picture like another timeline 
could be here on earth, but picture another timeline where it just so happens that everyone is highly intuitive, right? And they do see all those different levels and stuff. And so those two people might've been surprised that you were surprised to see them and they're surprised that you're, you know what I mean? Like, wow, she can actually, she's from that dimension. Why can she see us? But yeah, she can see us. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, um, the, the way that I explain it to people is when you're trying, one of the obstacles when it comes to really starting to see, feel, or hear what, you, what you're trying to see, feel, and hear is intuition mm-hmm. is focusing on where that is. We focus on uh, the agreed upon reality. We focus on the material objects around us when we're looking for things. And truth be told, what we're really looking for is in between the molecules, you know, molecules create the solid, but source universe, all of that is in between the molecules. So one tip that I love to give people is defocus. Find a way to defocus. When you see something out of the corner of your eye and then you turn to look at it and you can't find it, there's a reason. Out of the corner of your eye, your peripheral is defocused. But when you turn, you're looking at a door, a wall, a table, and now you're looking at those molecules again. You're looking at the solid. So one tip in when it comes to sort of meditating into accessing your intuition is to defocus. Don't look at the the material world around you because that's not what you're looking for. Right. <laughs> Relax in that space in between. And now for you, I have a process called GCP and it's a game, it's a game changer. I'm telling you, even for just day-to-day life, GCP is all that and more. It's it's incredible. It's super easy. Takes you a minute to do. You can do it once in the morning, once at night, whenever you want to do it. Uh it's three steps. First step is you ground. And a lot of people have heard about grounding, like you anchor into mother earth and you, you know, you pull your energy. So mother earth holds you so you can go higher kind of thing. So the first step is that you ground. The second step is clear. And I advise people on doing this. You can use your imagination and your intent, but do this in a way that it speaks to you. What element do you love? Is it water? Is it wind? Is it fire? use that element and imagine it going all the way through your system. And what that's going to do is it's going to get rid of all the energies that you're not supposed to be carrying all those other energies that people, you know, you pass by (laughs) them in the grocery store and now you're worried about stuff too. And then thirdly is to protect. And this is, this is the piece that's going to help you. The protection is um, it's not isolation, right? But it's a filter, saying, uh, so imagine like a bubble around you, right? And the filter you're saying, if it's for my highest good and on my path, it's allowed to come in. If not, it has to stay out and do this for yourself. Once or twice a day, you'll start to see some really unusual things happen in a good way. Manifesting becomes easier. Uh, you fall asleep easier at night. Uh, you tend to attract more positive situations around you. Um, lots of that happens because you're, you're not carrying all that old baggage. But for you specifically, you can do GCP on your bedroom, right? You could do it on your house if you wanted to. So before you go to sleep at night, ground yourself, clear the, the energy out of the room, 
put a big old bubble around the entire room and then go to sleep at night. During the day, carve out 10, 15 minutes to meditate, to defocus and to say, I'm ready to explore what I'm seeing, you know? So what you're doing there is you're setting the boundary of like, I'm sleeping, <laughs> okay? And if this is gonna open up, if we're gonna do this, if this is how this is gonna go down, I'm gonna do it in my waking state on my timeline. And, you know, it's not perfect, but it'll help you a lot. Okay. I hope so because it's been waking me up. I've been trying to improve my circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. I usually get around five hours sleep and that's just not enough. So I'm really trying to get that eight hours recommendation, mm-hmm. but still I wake up feeling as though something is watching me or there's a conversation happening and it's working me up or I, I wake up to whispers and then I'll see a, a transparent static in the room. It's not a shadow. It's a spherical shape floating about. And, and when it comes near, I can feel the energy or the, the aura that it has. Kind of like when you put your palms at a certain length, a certain distance apart from each other and and you, you pull them back and forth, you have that magnetic feel. It feels very much like that but it's definitely of a lighter color slightly glittery mm-hmm. similar to a reflective vapor if that makes sense my description is probably not the best but I, I'm not sure if that would match something that you have experienced or you're aware does it, of um when you does it can you relate to it if it was to be described as like you know when you you look at a road like a, a paved road and it's hot and you can see the heat coming off yeah. the road it looks a little bit so, like right that. and except in more of a form more of a form more of yeah. a a cloud form mm-hmm. that is how most people see uh, spirits in the beginning that's how I saw them for the first I don't know year or so. Um, it was like a heat pattern, mm, but then there yeah. was different, there can be different shapes and stuff moving. Um, so yeah, you're, that's, that's the first step for you visually. And then that'll start, you'll start to see more detail the more you interact with, with those. So oh, I don't know if I want to, they're kind of annoying. <laughs> I know it can, it can be, it can be, it can be frightening, but I have never, ever, ever heard somebody in a situation where they didn't, uh, they weren't handle, they weren't able to handle what came through. You know what I mean? And it can be a little bit frightening, but I had a really great, I actually, I saw a therapist for the first two years of this because I, I was battling with, am I going crazy? Right. And I was, and more so I saw the therapist because I had to, heal that part of me that was scared about what other people would think of me. I had to, you know, find that inner bravery. I had to like go through that kind of stuff because, you know, (laughs) to go from a a society and and people surrounding you that don't believe in any of it and think you're a fraud. And then you got to show up for Thanksgiving and be like, yeah, um, (laughs) I talked to dead people. So um, there was a lot of transition there, but it's, it's, it's helpful. I've, got off track. I keep thinking about, uh, if I could share just a quick fun story with you. Sure. 
I was, uh, my family back in 2011, right? So I've been open for about five years, uh, five or six years. And my family and I stayed at a hotel, um, and we were waiting. It was like a hotel suite where we stayed there for a couple of weeks because we were waiting to go on a trip. But as a medium, I was having stuck spirits, spirits that, that were struggling crossing over, showing up all the time. Because when you stay at a location that is constantly changing the living, you know, residents over and over and over, they can come with deceased people, right? And so I was being woken up in the middle of the night, like you're talking about, I was, I hadn't quite mastered the GCP around my house. Um, but I remember I was so tired that I had, um, and this is an example of intent. You got to have strong intent. I was so tired. And to be completely honest with you, Esther, I was crabby. I was just like, I'm not having this anymore. This is ridiculous. I got to be here another week. And I took a piece of paper and I took a pencil or a pen and I wrote on the paper, you're deceased. I'm sleeping. Do not wake me until 9 a.m. <laughs> and I put this, I taped this piece of paper to the inside of the hotel door facing out. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. words against the door with the intent that they, you know, this was my like seriously I'm drawing a line here I need to have a good night's sleep and uh so I went to bed that night and I and I was woken up by a woman I was woken up by a, a female spirit and I remember getting angry right away and I said did you not see the sign and she looked at me and pointed to the alarm clock and it was 901 a.m and I was like oh my goodness it was wow. it was just hysterical and then the funniest <laughs> part of the whole thing was because I still want to help them. Yes. And I'm, and I'm doing my job. But the funniest part is that I left that sign up because it was working, but I didn't think about it until like three days later when I'm walking through the lobby and all of the staff that was like all the cleaning staff and stuff were all looking at me like something was wrong. And I'm like, why are they looking at me so strange? And then all of a sudden I went, oh, oh, they read the sign. Like they read the <laughs> sign in my room. So oh, I ended up wow. having to be that woman in the hotel for a couple of weeks. It was fun. I would love that woman. I would, I would, I'd <laughs> shake your hand. I, I would, yeah. <laughs> so just, so just for people. That's my that, way of saying, you know, have strong intent and yeah, you can set up your space. <laughs> just for people that are unsure as to what a psychic medium is, because we're talking a lot about the, the spirits and 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 I guess ghosts. I was going to ask you the difference between ghosts and spirits, if there is a difference too. But can you just uh, share what you actually do? What is a, a psychic medium? So the way that I explain it is uh, the the general umbrella that we're all underneath is intuition, and then under that umbrella you have animal communicators, energy workers. Um, you know, healers. And under that umbrella, you have psychics and you have mediums and they, and they are different because they do tap into different things. Everyone has kind of a mix. You know, a lot of people are 50, 50. I'm 90% medium, maybe 10% psychic. But the difference between a psychic and a medium is that psychics, um, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know how you got curly hair and you wish you had straight hair and people with straight hair wish they had curly hair. 
here's me as a medium wishing I was psychic because I just think they're just so cool because they can tap in to the energy of a situation, to the energy of a location, to the energy of like what's coming up and what's happening. And that's, I think that they're really kind of cool for that. Psychics can pretty much kind of aim at anything and then they can get information about it. A medium, which is more of what I am, is somebody that can communicate with, um, uh, with an, uh, with another being. So either with a spiritual guide or a loved one on the other side or a spirit, it's more of a conversation. So the way I explain that is that if I lost my keys, I couldn't just close my eyes to try to find them like a psychic could. Cause I think they're so cool. Um, I would have to look around for a deceased individual to say, Hey, do you know where my keys are? So that's really the difference between the two. One of the questions I get asked a lot when I've shared my story is, are these spirits bad or are they good? And how, how do we tell the difference? I've, I've met somebody that's told me that they've been pinned to the bed. I've never had that kind of experience. I've probably had, so I, from a young age, uh, I had mentioned before, whispers. And I can only recall one time that I heard something quite demonic and deep and quite scary whisper something in my ear and I couldn't wake myself up but then I eventually did uh I think I was about I was only a kid when that happened and it hasn't happened since but that's always it's always in my mind that there is something out there so is there bad and good what's their intention why are they here (laughs) and and how is it that some people are connected and some people aren't I've asked you so many questions so yeah (laughs) Oh, I ask away anything that I can share. Absolutely. When it comes to uh, negative spirits is what we'll call them. So you had mentioned the difference between ghost and spirit. Uh, There really isn't a difference other than uh, through no one's fault. Our world has started to see um, sort of dehumanize spirits into the term ghost. And when you think ghost, you think something that goes bump in the night that you don't know, and it's just coming to get you kind of thing. Whereas if you think spirit, you might connect that to your aunt or your, your grandmother or somebody that's crossed over. So really the term ghost is the exact same thing as spirit. It's just sort of a dehumanized term. And so I like to tell people all the time, um, ghosts are people too. Let's not forget that, right? Is something might go a bump in the night in your home, but it could be like, you know, your great grandfather <laughs> just trying to, you know, be there to support you. So I, I like to express it that way. But with that said, I will say that while I don't align with any particular religion or dogma, um, I find I find the good in each. That's kind of how I approach it. And um I guess if I had a religion, it would be, you know, don't be a jerk. That's that was that's my religion right there. Okay. Um, but with that said, so I, I haven't ever come across anything like demonic or anything like that, but there are spirits that are, ne- that are negative and some are harmful. And in essence, what's happening is that when we pass away, we have three bodies We've got the physical body. We know what that is. We've got the spirit. We know what that is. And then we have something called the programming body. And that the programming body is our human mind on linear time in this lifetime. Okay. 
So it, it, all three of those bodies link together. And then we have an experience here on earth. When we die, we let go of the physical body first and we go through a transition process in order to let go of the programming body. Another way to say this is we go through the transition in order to go from linear time to nonlinear time, in order to go from here to cross over to the other side. And the transition is very intricate and, and whatnot. But in essence, what, what that tells you is that in the in-between, during these transitions, the person who's going through the transition who's passed away is the exact same person on earth that they were on earth. They just don't have a physical body. And if you have an individual, for example, if a male passes away and was a perpetrator and abuser uh, and also believes that, you know, absolutely believes he's going to hell or to eternal fire and damnation, he has the ability to stop his transition process and hold still. The, the next step for this person in the in-between is that he's not limited by a body. He can go anywhere and he's going to do things to soothe himself. And many times perpetrators will hurt other people to, to soothe themselves. It's not cool and not fair, but it is what it is. And you know, sometimes individuals stay stuck in the in-between uh, simply to do that. So it is possible for these spirits who have not crossed over yet to uh, influence or harm or kind of terrorize individuals. It's not common. It's not common. And this should be my my pitch again for doing GCP. Yeah. <laughs> okay. GCP. It's a very good thing to do, but but it is possible. And I ha I have seen um I have seen some you know detrimental situations and and uh have been able to assist with that. So. so if negative spirits can choose to hold off from transitioning into hell, purgatory, or whatever analogy preference you prefer then a spirit that is destined for heaven or the next higher dimension, that spirit chooses not to let go. That spirit also has taken the option to stay in the in-between world. So why would a loved one do that? Why, why do we hear the stories mm -hmm. about the living having a loved one that's attached to them? Yes, the crossing over process is very automatic, very automatic. You will automatically go through your transition. It's a pull. Uh, we've heard a lot of near-death experience. People discuss this, this light that was just so enticing and this feeling that they've never felt before. It's an automatic process. But yeah, I've run into a mom that that stopped and said, I am not going through those through those doors or through that light until my kids graduate. So there is a, a choice, but you really have to make that choice. And sometimes you can be stuck out of confusion. Perhaps they passed and they're scared and don't know what's going on. Um, you know, I ran into a woman years back who was uh, tripping on a drug, driving to college, got an accident, died and thought she was still on a bad trip. So there's a whole lot of reasons why an individual might be in the in-between, but in essence, see, see, I don't believe in like hell or 
heaven. Um, I agree that if that's the titles that um, make sense to you in your culture, absolutely use them. The titles that work for me are earth and other side. And so, um, you know, I don't believe in a location of hell or torment. Uh, I do believe in your transition process feeling like hell or torment and thus wanting to stop it. Because when we transition to the other side, we have to review everything we did. And we have to review everything we did to every person from their perspective, from their mom's perspective, their dad's perspective, their friend's perspective. And it can be really brutal for an individual to go through a transition. I love that. I'm feeling it. 100% in agreement with all of it. That dreadful being who has performed atrocious acts on others, murdered many people, they then mm-hmm. have to experience every emotion or the suffering, not just that of the victims, but what the families yeah. felt. I imagine these surges of never-ending torture until they feel remorse and compassion. They, they have to experience the terror Absolutely. that the person felt. Yeah. And so you can see why a particularly, you know, person who was, who was horrible in behavior here on earth might want to stop their transition process and turn their focus somewhere else Absolutely. because they don't want to face it. Oh, you said it so well, Isabel. I resonate. <laughs> I truly do. Just going back to the spirit that is attached to a loved one, say, for example, you explain the parent who has, has seen their children graduate after this point, would their spirit need help crossing over? They can absolutely move on themselves. Uh, That's, you know, completely possible. There are people that have lingered for a while. I tell all my students when I pass at the ripe old age of 92, you know, (laughs) 84, (laughs) whatever that would be, uh, please don't cross me over because I am curious as all get out and I'm probably going to hang out in there for a little while, just, (laughs) you know, explore. But um, yeah, you can, you can do it on your own. Really what it is, is it such a, in order to stay stuck in the in-between, you really have to focus on something. You really have to be super focused on one thing. And for somebody who helps a spirit cross over, which honestly, everyone can, really the easiest way to help an individual cross over that's stuck in, in their transition is to get them to talk about the bigger picture. Instead of being stuck on one, my kids are graduating, my kids are graduating, my kids are graduating. Okay, awesome. What was your favorite thing to do in high school? What did you love about being here on earth? You know, who's on the other side for you? And because it's such an automatic pull, that can just break them free enough from that hyper focus of the one issue that they're remaining stuck for that they start to transition again. And then they get that, they open back up to feeling what that feels like for the negative individual, getting them unstuck in that way. And, you know, truth be told, I've crossed over negative individuals where they weren't willing to go. You know what I mean? So, you know, there's a lot of different scenarios that can happen, but when they start moving again, they start to to realize I'm not heading to hell this actually feels good. I'm heading into, I'm feeling loved and, you know, helping them with that, just sending them some love in their process so they can start moving that automatic 
you know, train again is a good thing. <laughs> Just going back on to my situation. Sorry, it's all about me. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, go, 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 go. The, the, so you say the, the spirits that are visiting me, mm-hmm. are these spirits that I know or are these random people? Could be either. Okay. Yeah. It, it could be either. It could be, it could even be people that lived in your location or associated with each other in your location 80 years ago. It could be um, an energy. Imp- no, they're reacting to you and, and they're sort of engaging with you. So it's not an energy imprint, but you know, it could be uh, people that are in your soul group that just didn't happen to come down this round. Do you know what I mean? So it, it's a lot of possibilities. Mm, that that makes sense. I've had meditation and healing sessions mm. where I believe that could be the case. Other waking up experiences that I've had has been hearing a group of people talking to each other. Have you ever had a moment where you felt fearful of them or do you feel No, safe? I get agitated. <laughs> there are times when I've woken up and said, go away, just leave me alone. <laughs> and then if it's still bothering me, I'll meditate. There's been a few prayers or affirmations that, that people have recommended, suggested. I'll also burn Palo Santo wood. I'll play a relaxing music frequency to help me sleep. Usually it works, but it's remembering each night to do these these things, these little ceremonies, and that's where it goes pear-shaped. Yeah. <laughs> I've never felt as though they are negative, more so pestering me. I can't, I can't tell if it's a loved one, but they seem familiar, mm-hmm. so it's a regular energy that visits. And I'll even have these blissful dreams with amazing experiences and I'll wake up feeling as though I've been watched as I slept. Okay. And there's this, this sense of peace. I, and I know this is going to sound really cheesy, but I feel love. Yep. And it, and it puts a smile on my face. It's, it's a cordial feeling. Yep. So nothing harmful. Even the dreams where there is a negative situation or a bad character, I have sovereignty in the domain. Okay. Because it, it also could be your spiritual guides. We all have a group of spiritual guides that are like a team that are always around us working really for us. That would fit with them talking amongst each other and just sort of randomly being in the room and being near you. That would also fit actually very well. So it could be, it could be your guides who are probably not so much startled that you see them, but surprised that you're that tapped in, you know, to see through it. Um, Because guides are very used to guiding an individual who, who can't see them or hear them. So it could be that too. I connect with that so much more. There's six of them at least. I can never see their faces. It's always blurry, but the silhouette or the the body form it takes, it's distinct. And even though they change in appearance, I can still recognize that it's the same energy. Okay, that's feeling very much like a, that feels very much like spirit guides. Okay, now I feel bad telling them to shut up and go away. (laughs) 
don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. One thing that I've always found kind of humorous about spirit guides is that they're not currently on linear time. And so they think differently than we do. And different times that I've said to my guides, like, seriously, no, like you're missing some points here. Right. <laughs> so obviously I say it with respect, but I recall, um, as you open up more and more of your intuitive field, and as you get more and more in touch with that, your your the three bodies really do adjust a little bit. And sometimes you you'll go through periods of time where um, your sleep patterns will be off, or you might have a headache, or you know you're starting to see things a little bit differently. And I remember in one of my my transitions of really increasing my intuition, I remember. I was driving in my car and I started to see this, like, it almost looked like the road up ahead of me turned into a series of photographs that were flipping in front of me. And I, I got to tell you, that pulled me over so quickly. I was just freaked out. I was like, why am I seeing things like that? And I've heard one other medium have that experience as well, too. So I felt a little bit better that I wasn't alone, but, uh, and I pulled over and, and said to my guide, I'm like, what's going on? And he goes, well, you're, you're moving too fast. And I'm like, you mean the car is moving too fast? He goes, well, yeah. And I said, well, what, what, what do you want me to do? He's like, well, don't move fast. I'm like, my job is 30 minutes away in a car. I have to. So they don't, like, they're not, you know, they don't think from the human perspective. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was a day where I, where I did bark at him and said, you need to come up with another solution because this isn't going to work. So and he did. <laughs> Have you ever spoken to a spirit out loud, conversed with it in public? And so from someone else's perspective, it were as if you were talking to thin air? Oh, yes. My favorite, my favorite one was, it was embarrassing in such a cute way. I had to go to the federal building. This was years ago. I went to the local federal building to get tax forms. And it tells you how long ago this was. But and I went upstairs to the to the tax area, got all the forms that I needed, and I got back in the in the escalator or elevator to go down. And when I got into the elevator, it was a different elevator. It was an older man in spirit form. I'm the only one in the elevator. And typically when nobody else is around me, when I communicate with the spirit, I will talk to them out loud like this. Um, and he was just standing there. And I remember I turned and looked at him and I was like, well, what's going on? He goes, I'm looking for my wife. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can help, you know, just picture her. And I don't even remember what I said to him. And he said, thank you. And I could see him kind of dissipate, which is what it looks like for me when they cross. And I turned back to the doors of the elevator and they were closing. And there was two federal guards standing out front on the first floor. And what had happened was, I got so engrossed talking to this man in the elevator that I had gone down to first floor, the doors opened, I didn't go out, I'm talking to thin air. So the two <laughs> police officers that man the front door are now looking at me like, what the heck? <laughs> and I don't realize this until the doors close again. And all I can think is there's no way out. I have to open these doors again and I have to walk by these officers <laughs> and be like, have and you know they they didn't find it funny. They just thought you were me. crazy. <laughs> yeah, they looked at me like I was crazy, and I walked <laughs> out. And uh, so I've, I've had a couple of those every now and then. 
Oh, that's priceless. Yeah, no, that's um. Now I'm going to think differently when I see people doing that on the streets as well. In general, like I've, I've, I've always kind of felt that, you know, who are they talking to? I've even thought about that with people that are schizophrenic, you know, what are they actually experiencing? Um, but, yeah, that's probably a whole other, other topic. I, I was really hit by that once. So I lived in the same town that I was in when my grandmother opened up, you know, my intuition and, and um, there was a gentleman that would walk around town. He was homeless and he would talk to thin air. And, you know, there was only like two or three individuals like that in town. It was a relatively small town. So you kind of knew who they were. And it was a couple of months after when I started to see more people and things like this. And, and now I'm talking to spirits. Right. And I remember going downtown for something and then seeing him again months later. Yeah. And I hadn't seen him since before I opened up intuitively and he was talking and I could, it actually makes me a little emotional. I could actually see who he was talking to. And I remember completely changed my, my mind about that. And the compassion that I had, I remember thinking that that's just so hard. So I've worked with people who uh, struggle with um, schizophrenia. I've seen, um, I want to be really clear on this. There is spiritual interaction and then there is indeed schizophrenia. I've seen people who they thought maybe that they were communicating with somebody, but they weren't. It really was a chemical imbalance in the mind. That's very possible and it does happen. Um, but then I have worked with other people who, you know, they're kind of tipping into that feeling like it could be schizophrenia and um, struggling with it. And then I've worked with them to learn how to set their boundaries and kind of get control of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that you must get quite a few people because there's so many skeptical people out there. But I think as the paradigm shift has happened, a lot more people are ex expanding their mind. They're using their intuition. They're being a, a lot more healthier. They're meditating. They're connecting more. So mm -hmm. yeah, there's definitely, you would have so many. <laughs> people um like even me I I feel spiritually connected but I still question a lot of things and it's taken me a very long time to accept what's happening because I'm I feel as if I've always been stuck in that dimension of no and I'm surrounded by people that would look upon me differently and think I'm crazy uh, especially here in Western Australia so yeah no it's taken me a really long time to just kind of embrace everything that's been happening now I really wanted to know a lot about your sage method so would you be happy to share what this method is and um yeah how it all came about yeah if if you would have talked to me 20 years ago I would have never put myself in this in this spot or predicted that I would have been you know uh, doing this but here I am and I absolutely love it in essence what happened was through my stumbling of personally just wanting to see my grandmother and, and be able to connect with her again, I met my first spirit guide. I know technically my grandmother was probably my first spirit guide, but my first spirit guide. And I, I just kind of half joking, half lovingly called him big dog. And 
I worked with him and he would give me tasks and he would explain how things work. He explained how linear time works, how soul groups work, how um, intuition flows, how it connects to the five senses. Like he explained all that stuff to me and then also kind of put me to task with my own life and walked me through a series of, of decluttering techniques and kind of more mind opening techniques and being more balanced in an observational point of view. For the first two years of working with him, my intuition really ramped up to where next thing I knew, I was seeing more people than my grandmother. Uh, that was not my favorite day because <laughs> I remember just thinking, I just want to see you. I don't want to see everyone else. Um, but from that to being able to do professional readings um, and then doing crossing over work. About two years into this, I'm now a professional uh, intuitive. I'm doing, doing all this such. And my guide said to me, uh, I need you to take everything that we've done in the last two years. And I need you to put it together for other people. And it took me a minute to kind of figure out what he's really asking. Cause it wasn't really in my, you know, frame of reference. And when I figured it out, I was like, okay. And I, and I worked with him. I got it down to seven weeks, which was the absolute shortest I could do. <laughs> go from two years to three weeks but you know mind you I'm I'm a slow I, I I'm slow to get on board with certain things and I was very skeptical and um I'm kind of stubborn so what took me two years is now I'm giving to people and it's taking them seven weeks and that in essence is the sage method it's the it's seven weeks of uh understanding who your spirit is versus your personal programming um, decluttering, you know, it, emotionally, environmentally, all that type of stuff. And then understanding how all of this works and figuring it in, in, we give you the tools to be able to figure out how your intuition uniquely flows through your channel. And I think that's really one of the biggest differences with this course than I found in any other course is that not only are we actually explaining to you how this works, which a lot of courses don't, um, but we're really embracing you using it in your unique way. We're not telling you this is how you use it. We're putting you through these really cool experiments to see what works and what doesn't work for you. So it's kind of like tailoring, you know, tailoring your intuition to, to how it flows best through you. It's really fascinating. And now, I, as you can tell, I absolutely love it. Once I had a whole bunch of my students together, it wasn't students at the time, they were clients. And I just said, hey, I need guinea pigs. And they were like, we, let's do this. This is gonna be fun. I said, all right. So I sat them down and at the time it was nine, I think it was nine weeks, but I sat them down and they, they came in once a week and worked with me. And I just watched them all just, and it was really exciting. I watched them all open up and it was just, uh, it was, it was, emotional and thrilling and wonderful and really neat and very empowering. Like if, if someone said, what do you, what do you love most about your job? I get to empower people. And and that means a lot to me. So is it just the course or courses or are you publishing a book on the method? It's the course really. Yeah. I have um, kind of two different levels. Oh, I got three different levels actually. Um, I have a, a free course where I gathered my five most favorite tools. 
And I put those together. And my concept with that is um, anyone and everyone should have these tools. So I've just made that free. Everybody try this. Like GCP is one of them. And then I've got the Sage Circle, which is an online spiritual community. And uh, it's it's a it's a monthly subscription. It's really inexpensive, and and there's people all over the globe in it now. And that is a great resource for somebody that maybe wants to start exploring but doesn't want to dive head first into it. And then the third level really is the Sage Method, which is this seven week intensive focus on yourself course. So that's really the three points that people kind of enter in. Wow, I love your work, Isabel. I tr- I'm truly connecting with everything that you're saying. So I can imagine <laughs> these courses would just be ideal. If you could give universal advice to the world, perhaps words of wisdom or guidance, what would it be? Overall advice. Well, it's not intuition advice. The one thing I think I've valued the most in my transition into becoming you know, open is learning to be observational. And I think that that's so powerful. And I think it's underrated sometimes because we get into energetic and emotional loops that we get linked into that we don't know we're linked into. And I invite people in areas of your life that might not be working as well as you want, get observational, pull back a little bit, just pull back to look at it. And just get curious about it and look at it from multiple angles. And I find that when individuals do this, they start to see those little things hiding in the corner that put all the puzzle pieces together for them. Okay. All right. Love it. I think it's brilliant. I'm really enjoying this whole conversation. I want it to go further. I did, I, sorry, I did want to ask one more thing because you had mentioned that you're, you're in Florida and you are traveling, you're tra- traveling in a, in a camper van as, um, mm-hmm. as we were talking about. So you, how long have you been traveling for? So we've been full-time RVing for almost two years. So we swapped out our apartment for just one of those larger RVs. It's like an apartment on wheels. <laughs> and we've just been dragging our apartment around the country for <laughs> Uh, two years and uh, it's been fascinating and awesome and just a lifetime of experiences in two years. Yeah because it's during the time of of COVID obviously so it would have been a struggle as well at the same time no no doubt I presume Um, but you you would also be picking up a lot of different energies in all these different places so because I, I just imagine that you would have so many spirits just tagging along on the ride it it has been eye-opening and I have found that the different energies everywhere you go and I have found that the best locations for pot like for good energy has been locations where there's a community feel and the places where that where the energy has been really heavy or dark has been places where there's a lack of community. And it's been really interesting to me because it's not on, it, it, it's clearly not in wealthy areas versus poverty areas. That's not, that doesn't have anything to do with it. It clearly doesn't have anything to do with the culture of the area 
it has everything to do with has the area established a community feel or not. And we've pulled into some places that are absolutely stunning, beautiful resort, right? You know, you got the gazebo and you got, it's just, and it's lovely and you have an escort to your site and it's all schmancy schmancy. And I could barely sleep at night because I felt like I was just being tormented. It was energetically, it was just a horrible, uncomfortable feeling. And so you dive into the history of the area you're in only to find out there's not good things happening outside those pretty little gates that you just drove into. So it's been really, uh, really interesting energetically. I had an experience a couple of years back. This was during COVID times and I was exploring the WA deserts. This is one of my, my road trips that I took while I was trapped in Western Australia. And anyway, so I, I was going through the deserts up through to the Kimberley and I decided to camp off grid actually now saying off grid everything's off grid in the middle of western australia so i i was i had parked a fair distance from the main road and i set up camp set up my swag had my dog with me and i woke up to feeling as if something was beating the crap out of my swag that's that's how it felt but it was my dog my dog was trying to get out of the swag and i had tumbled around with it because he's a, he's a, he's a big dog and he's just trying to escape and capture whatever it was that he heard. And so he eventually gets out through the mesh window of the swag. So inevitably he rips up my swag and he gets out and I get out. The stars glisten down and it illuminates the landscape. So you can see everything. You could see the shrubs, plants and what trees that it has. I mean, there's not a lot out there. It's pretty much desolated monotonous land and my dog's just staring growling so he's the type of dog that will chase something if he feels as if there's a, a predator or if I if I was in danger I, I feel he would run after it but he didn't he stayed by my side oh, yeah. he was with a friend having a drink and she had said oh special shout out to Renee if she's listening in all the way in Bustleton she said to me did you ask for permission and I thought, permission for what? And she said, well, you could have been on sacred land. That could have been indigenous Aboriginal mm -hmm. land and, and you were not welcome there. And I thought, right, that could be right. You know, I, I've often thought that I mean, what was previously in this area when I've camped in the middle of nowhere yeah. and, and have felt different types of vibes. And so yeah, I could possibly have outstayed my welcome or maybe I wasn't welcomed at all. I'm not saying that it was a bad spirit. Yeah, that, yeah, that would make a lot of sense actually. And that I, that fits with what you experienced, absolutely. And they're going to be up to say, hey, time to keep moving on. And animals are so incredible, aren't they? Like we mm. have, we've got the, in the RV, we've got the main living room and then we've got like a kitchen bathroom and then a bedroom, which is like at the end of the RV. And we have found that when we're in good energetic locations, our dog will sleep on the couch mm -hmm. in the living room. But you know that you're not in a good energetic location. If you go to bed, you land somewhere new, you go to bed and the dog comes in and sleeps in the bedroom. It's like, Oh, so she's like sleeping in the bedroom to protect us, even though she's what, you know, 15 pounds. She's like <laughs> a tiny bit of a, um, 
yeah, it's uh, animals are incredible. Know it too. If we take her, if we go somewhere and um, take her out for a walk around the area, and you can see when yeah. she's on edge. And for me, I will GCP myself, my dog, my RV, yeah. whatever campsite <laughs> I'm in, and I'll put up big old bubbles. And we've actually left places probably only three or four times, but we have left places yeah. early, you know? It, and there's nothing that says, hey, you should leave. There's nothing visual that goes, you should really get out of here. But both myself and my partner have been like, this isn't comfortable. There's something off. We gotta go. We gotta go. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's that's my advice for everybody. Ask for permission. Yes. <laughs> Listen to your intuition. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. How can people find you if they want to reach out or if they want to do the Sage Method course? How do they locate Everything you? is on the main website. So anything and everything I do is all on uh, one location on the website. It's um, thesagemethod.com. So T-H-E-S-A-G-E method.com. Okay, brilliant. And I'll also put that in the podcast episode description so people can just click on the link and all good. Well, thank you so much again for your time. It was lovely meeting you, Isabeau, and safe traveling. Not that you'll need it. Thank you so much. (laughs) And thank you for sharing your experiences because we all have them. And I, I think it's really important to open up the conversation and I appreciate it. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks for listening in and remember people, have an open heart, have an open mind, live your life and be free. Thanks for tuning in.